0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise. Drink responsibly.
3: Anthony for gray, puts it in, it's one. To be honest,
2: I would put myself in the same category.
3: To the award-winning RotoWire fantasy basketball podcast, sponsored by DraftKings. It's Friday, November thirtieth, twenty eighteen. Uh, I'm Alex Berutha, and next to me is Shannon McEwen. And as always, on the phone, Ken Ktrain Kreitz. All aboard! You can find this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review, or you can listen and download on the RotoWire website. Uh, today we're going to talk about some news. We're going to get into some buy low candidates, and then as always, round things out with our DFS picks. Um, I guess at the top, the Raptors beat Golden State one thirty-one, one twenty-eight in overtime. Um, the Warriors without Draymond Green or Steph Curry, uh, Kawhi Leonard had a monster game: thirty-seven points, eight rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block. He also hit three threes in the process. Uh, Durant himself scored 51 points. Do you guys think this is a finals preview? All
2: right. Did the Bucs play
3: last night?
1: Oh, I wish. Shannon though, no. the East is too tight. <laughs> I mean, you got to. The networks, of course, have to you know say cool preview stuff to hype the game. They were throwing finals preview around left and right, but the East is too tight. Too much quality in the East. I'm tired of the East getting picked on.
2: I mentioned this in our NBA roundtable this week, but the bucks I mean, by numerous measures, the Bucks are the best team in the East. Um, you look at the advanced stats, um, plus point differential, um, best offense, uh, best point, point differential. They uh, have the, have the as of Wednesday, had the second hardest strength of schedule in the NBA, and they are only like two games behind the Raptors. Um, the Raptors had one of the easiest schedules at the time. Um you know, last night, it was a home game for the Raptors, right? It was in Toronto, wasn't it? Okay. In Toronto, yep. and no Draymond and no Curry for the Warriors. Right. I'm not impressed. I mean, the Raptors are damn good. Like, they, they are good. They're going to probably win 60 games again this year. And Kawhi makes them uh, scarier a scarier opponent in, in the playoffs than previous years. But I don't think they're the best team in the East right now. I think it's the Bucks.
1: Yeah, the, the East is going to be a delicious four-team dogfight. The whole
3: second half is going to be great. I it's agree. going to be great. Yeah, and like you said, um, Warriors without their two of their top you know, three, four guys, however you want to put it, the Raptors were favored by nine or nine and a half. And so the fact that this went into overtime. OT, yeah. Yeah, pretty shocking. Um, we are going to talk about another, I guess, team in the West. Uh, Ken, you're going to take us to Los Angeles.
1: Well, I just want to point out Lonzo Ball's field goal percentage dipped uh, below 40% after going one for six last night against a Victor Oladipo-less Indiana Pacers. Uh, Ball, two points, eight boards, four assists, 0 for three from three-point land. He did have two blocks. I'll admit it. I, I like to kick the Ball family when they're down. Uh, he currently ranked, Lonzo currently ranks 163 on Yahoo. Is a time to cut bait on Lonzo Ball? fantasy owners
3: i wouldn't cut bait but i am not i can't recommend starting him until this like actually changes unless it's like a four game week or whatever but it's it's hard to start him at this point
2: yeah i'm with you alex uh i and actually the one encouraging part about his disappointing play is if this continues i think it's more likely the lakers trade him um Mm -hmm. there could certainly be a scenario be you know before the trade deadline where they make Lonzo available because they want to get some kind of you know established veteran star all star level player to pair alongside LeBron. So if that happens, I think we'll, Lonzo would actually blossom. Um, right. I still I I think if you give him the ball um, and let him do his thing, he'll be better than what we've seen so far this year. It's
1: too it's too bad the contracts don't mesh for a John Wall Lonzo Ball exchange. That would be fun but there's no way money-wise that could work who where would a destination be i mean I like a lot the, of salary stuff because he's balls on rookie deal right and so no all-star no affordable all-star could come
3: right i mean i like the idea of bradley beal for john or bradley beal for lonzo ball in theory but then the problem is you can't really have lonzo ball and john wall in the same team um and so then you have to trade John Wall. It's just, it, it, there's a there's a lot going on
2: there. I, you have the usual candidates. I mean, we have, we have teams that are point guard desperate in Orlando, Phoenix, even though Phoenix has kind of committed to um, going with Devin Booker as their point guard. Uh, but Phoenix, Orlando, the New York Knicks, they all need a point guard of the future. Those are the three teams I would, I would envision being interested in getting ball. Um, you know, if the Lakers have enough one-year contracts, I forget when they can actually start trading those guys that they signed to deals, but you have Caldwell Pope and Rondo and Javale, you have all these one-year deals where you could package one of those guys with Lonzo's seven or eight million dollars a year whatever it is, and get a pretty good player. I mean, you could get if Tim Hardaway's Tim Hardaway Junior is a good player. Get, maybe get him from the Knicks. The Knicks would love to get out from under his contract. Now, I mean, the the Lakers would have to consider contract, uh, you know, the contracts as well because they want money to be able to sign a superstar in the off season. Yeah. But there, I think there would be teams interested in Ball that have decent enough pieces of interest for the Lakers.
1: What would be the worst media market for the Ball family to be forced to live in?
3: Like Utah. Yeah, Utah, Memphis,
2: Utah, okay, yeah, see. Utah, Memphis with <laughs> OKC, okay, uh, those would be hilarious. Uh, Utah is the one I want to see. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, the baller brand will thrive. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, what's going on in Indiana, Alex?
3: Yeah. So Victor Oladipo uh, has again he he missed a game for the Pacers last night. Um, he's been dealing with a knee issue. And so that's, that's been holding him out. So Aaron Holiday has been the main, I guess, beneficiary from a minutes perspective. And I wanted to use this opportunity to plug a tool we have on the RotoWire website. If you go to a player's player page, uh, I suppose, yes. you type in their name, you scroll down, you scroll just past the game logs and the depth chart. Uh, you'll get to a section that, um, I guess, to very simply... Who gets a minutes bump? Who gets a fantasy points bump when player X is out? So I'm on the Victor Oladipo page, average minutes. Aaron Holiday has been averaging 14 more minutes per game with Victor Oladipo out. Um, some other guys, Oh wait a minute, Alex.
1: But oh, wait a minute, Alex. How would that uh, alter maybe uh, DraftKings' fantasy point?
3: That's a great question. Uh, and there's another tab for DraftKings. And so we see Aaron Holiday gets a 14- DraftKings points bump with Victor Oladipo out of the lineup. Um, Doug McDermott gets a twelve point bump. Demonic Sabonis gets an eleven point. Yeah, bump.
2: Sabonis, is, Sabonis, Sabonis is the big one there because yes. I mean Holiday's good. You know, it's a nice fourteen point bump, but he's still only getting up to twenty fantasy points with that. Sabonis goes from you know that six thousand five hundred dollar guaranteed thirty point guy to forty three fantasy points per game without Oladipo. And just in general, uh, we need to give Sabonis more love. So do, this okay. is us doing that. Yeah.
1: We need to give Sabonis more love. And we need to give this awesome feature on Rotowire more love, especially since Nick, Herb, and I have been working on it for six months.
2: It's damn Very cool. Very happy to see it's it. It's damn cool.
1: Come to fruition. Who on Herb's team programmed this? We should give him a little love. He's never going to listen to the pod, but who was it?
2: <laughs> They're all just mini Herbs anyways. So we're just gonna, we're going to give Herb credit
1: all hail the mini herbs thank you but this is an awesome feature uh and i didn't realize the holiday was the, the rookie holiday was getting such a nice bump until i saw uh, uh i saw the ala depot page but, but you're right it's a bonus, the more meaningful one which is beautifully illustrated here on this table
3: it is and it's very very easy to read very straightforward um we're gonna talk about some i guess another big man though can you have some news about dwight howard
1: Yeah, ESPN's Woj reporting out of Washington. Dwight Howard is expected to undergo surgery for much-needed relief from a gluteal injury. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that. Gluteal? Gluteal, sorry. Put that in the name, uh, mispronunciations. (laughs) Uh, Gluteal injury, uh, which is below the back, let's just say. Uh, There are some other stories surrounding Howard, and all all I'm going to say is Google those and judge for yourself. It is not known how long Howard will be out but, frankly, assume much later versus sooner. He is seeking a second opinion on the injury and the need for surgery. But, certainly, if you're relying on center production from Howard anytime soon, folks should look elsewhere. Gentlemen, do you have any uh, other than Trez? For the Clippers, you got any free agent center pickup ideas?
2: Well, I Howard being out means it's Markeith Morris time. Um, that's what we've seen in the past yeah. handful of games. I mean, Morris has been pour, um, pouring in like 35, 40 fancy points on a regular basis uh, the past week or two, all without Howard. Overall, um, he's, only, he's only seen a three-and-a-half point. Um, minute increase with Howard out but that's because he's kind of leading the second unit when you switch over to the DraftKings tab on Dwight Howard's p- fantasy page you see Markeith Morris is averaging 16 more fantasy points with Dwight Howard out he's he's basically he's playing with the second unit but he's kind of the lead scorer with that second unit and they're just I mean he's he only needs 25 minutes and get you a good 30-35 fantasy points
3: right and I think you know, a lot of people see Thomas Bryant starting and they don't make the immediate connection to Markeith Morris uh, being the one who gets the real bump in minutes because Thomas Bryant is still only playing, you know, 14 minutes a game with Dwight Howard out, even though he's starting, he's not really a relevant fantasy player unless you're in a very deep league right now. Um, so yeah, Markeith Morris, it, I think needs to be picked up like in almost every single league at this point.
2: Otto Porter has seen a nice bump without Howard in the lineup too. So, but yeah, Marquise Markeith, Markeith should be owned in, in all formats. Um, and he remains as long as his price, his salary's decent in DFS. He remains a good target with Dwight Howard out.
1: Well, I, I'm I'm sneaking ahead here, but I'm pushing both Morris brothers in DFS tonight.
3: I like that. It could work out, and it
1: eliminates the uh, making a mistake. You know, playing the wrong one.
3: Right. Yeah. i got them both. Twi- <laughs>
2: Twins have long been a fantasy of mine, Ken. So I maybe I'll do that tonight. <laughs>
1: That's a whole other pod, frankly. But yes, yes.
3: And with that, we're going (laughs) to take a hard move to Al Horford resting tonight. Uh, And Jalen Brown also out. Yeah, uh, out with a back injury. Uh, Both out tonight against the Cavs. Horford is 32. This is his 12th season in the league. I guess, Ken, you're you're a resident Celtics expert. Um, should I mean is this is this something you think we're going to see moving forward is this something that should happen
1: Uh, I think it should I you know uh, we we don't really care we we need Boston yes everyone's screaming bloody murder around here but frankly we don't need the Celtics to get hot till the second half of the season Uh, you probably don't remember the Celtics had a huge winning streak uh last fall and really didn't matter it was nice it was a g- nice story made the team feel confident but uh you know it's how you win later in the season yeah Hor- Horford's old uh they should rest him he's their oldest veteran by far uh and frankly they're a little thin uh at the center position uh we'll get to see Daniel Tice maybe this is a good sign that his knees feel a little better um, but I'll defer. Shannon, what are your thoughts DFS-wise with Horford sitting
2: and Df- Brown? DFS-wise with Brown sitting, um, it's, it's a uh, limited sample here. We only have two games that Brown has sat this year, but the, the noticeable boost is with Kyrie Irving, who bumps up 18 fantasy points, up to 60. He's averaged 65 fantasy points per game in those two outings with Brown out. Um, Mar- Marcus Morris, there we are, back to the twins, is the other guy who's seen, seen a yeah. nice bump with Brown out, going up to 43 fantasy points per game in those two. So those are probably – I mean, Terry Rogier also factors in. He's only seen a nice five-point bump in fantasy points. But, again, it's a small sample size. I think Rozier is actually the guy I would target over smart – even if smart's the one starting. Right. Give me scary Terry.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Alex.
3: No, yeah, we're just going to, we'll, we'll use this opportunity to move on to our broad topic uh, of the day, which is buy low candidates. I think we're at an appropriate point in the season uh, to where we kind of are getting a feel for certain players and we can start saying, hey, these guys are just clearly underperforming um so we're gonna use that opportunity i'm gonna start off kind of with a guy we mentioned earlier when we were talking about dwight howard which is otto porter um right now he's the 70th ranked player around the 70th ranked player uh in fantasy and he just hasn't the the minutes have been all over the place he hasn't been shooting right the rebounds are down and i understand the rebounds being down because of dwight howard's presence um and and i'm not even this isn't just necessarily based on Dwight Howard possibly having an extended absence. I would have bought low on, on Otto Porter regardless. Um, he's in a complete slump right now uh, from three, shooting 36%, when over the past two years he was above 43%. I mean, this is a guy who we just, as a, as a fantasy asset, was just three and D. He was great. He grabbed some rebounds as well. I would have a hard time believing that this rate of production that he has across the board just stays how it is. To me, this is his absolute floor. Uh, so I would I would buy low on him for that reason.
2: Yeah, Autopart is a good target. Um, one of, A couple of my guys are high draft picks. These were end of the first or second round draft picks. Uh, Jokic in Denver and Donovan Mitchell in Utah. Both players are underperforming their draft slot, not by huge margins. Jokic has kind of still been able to survive and keep afloat as a top 20 player. But if you look at his stat line, owners have to be a little bit underwhelmed. He's only averaging sixteen points per game. You know, that's that just doesn't get it done for your first if that was your first round pick, you need more than sixteen points per game. I mean the other stats, ten, you know, nine point eight rebounds, seven point one assist, one point three steals, those look good. But the fact that he's only shooting forty seven percent from the floor and he's only scoring sixteen points. Also, with Jokic— Very
1: slow—by the way, Jokic, very slow start last year.
2: Yeah, That's it's, that's it's where happened. I was pivoting. That's where—with both Mitchell and Jokic, we saw this last season. They both got off to slow starts last year, and then they kind of—they slowly gained, gained confidence and got better and, and really blew up in the second half of the season, the last 40, 50 games of the season. So I expect the same thing this year um Jokic after the all-star break this is the this is the easiest split that I can pull up but after pre-all-star break he averaged 17 and six after twenty one, twenty one point seven, eleven, 21.7 11 and six and a half so you see a nice bump there I, ex- I expect the same kind of performance from him moving forward and Mitchell same 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 type of thing they're both going to grow as the season goes on
3: yeah Jokic especially he's also been seeing about three fewer minutes per game his three-point shootings down about six seven percent so if we see those if we see you know both his three point shooting pickup and his minutes pickup i mean those points could just jump to 20 i mean after the all-star break i mean he averaged 18 and a half last year i don't think it was a stretch for people to believe that Jokic was going to average 20 and 11 and i still think that might not be exactly on the table because of the slow start but i think he'll trend uh closer to that moving forward um ken who do you got
1: Uh, Well, I'm not going for uh, first and second round folks like uh, Shannon mentioned. I'm more looking on the outside perimeter, useful players. Eric Gordon, uh, the veteran, has been ranked a season average of 181, really started off abysmal shooting. Um, But remember, he's backing up a 29-year-old James Harden and maybe more importantly, a 33-year-old Chris Paul. Paul's already missing games this week, which is getting Gordon starts. Uh, Gordon's, uh, Gordon's shooting 36% this season, but he's a 43% career shooter. He's going to turn this around and get red hot. They're going to figure out the offense in Houston. Uh, so uh, I already bought low uh, on Gordon in our keeper league. Um, uh, anyway, I think he's either an easy free agent pickup to make or uh, a qu- easy trade to make uh, before he starts exploding. I already have a 36-point game this week, so frankly, it's already happening.
3: Yeah, yeah, and um, I guess we can we can we can plug our our tool again on RotoWire when Chris Paul misses games. Eric Gordon forty two point three fantasy points. That's a hu- I mean that's that's huge. That's a huge bump. And um, if you're if you're of the belief that Chris Paul is going to only play sixty games a year, maybe less, um, because you know right now he's dealing with a hamstring, which is what injured him last year during the playoffs, and those are notoriously hard to come back from then, yeah, buying low on, on Eric Gordon makes a lot of sense.
1: I'll also point out Gordon only 5,800 on DraftKings tonight, and Paul probably not playing. They are playing slower San Antonio.
2: Yeah, as long as he remains under 6,000, and if if Paul's out, you know, if Hardener Paul misses time, he's worth it. You have to play him.
3: Yeah, I would agree. Um, I'm going to move back to Indiana. We talked about DeMaya Sabonis uh, before. Uh, I'm going to swing over to Miles Turner. Right now, the 90th ranked player um, just really continues to like just frustrate everybody who's high on Miles Turner as a player. Um, yeah, Sabonis is kind of stealing his minutes for the most part, um, but I have a hard time believing that Turner is going to continue shooting 23% from three. Um, the block rate's nice, 2.6 blocks. If he wa- if it wasn't for the block rate, I mean, this he would be way lower um, than than about 90th ranked, but. In the way I see it, and it's very similar to how I view the Otto Porter situation, Turner averaging uh, like eleven points, six rebounds to me is pretty much his floor. I can't, can I? Mean it's really tough to think that this can get any worse. So, (laughs) I and you know, remember, it
1: was only a year and a half ago where he was everyone's darling, gonna break out, be huge, lead the Pacers, and everything. Uh, That hasn't happened, Uh, but there's still a lot of talent there.
3: There, there is a lot of talent. I'm not sure I would expect the minutes to go up, but I think, I think once he, his shot gets back on track, that things will, things can pick up.
2: Yeah, tons of talent. He's still only 22. I, I, I agree. He's a buy low option. I just don't think. I think. I don't think we're ever going to see
1: of the Sabonis minutes I, gnawing at your I,
2: I'm yes. giving. I'm. I, this is my episode to give Sabonis love. Um, I don't see Sabonis fading at this point. He's just too damn good. So that caps Turner's upside. I mean, prior to last year, I thought Turner had the upside to be a top 30 fantasy player um, and be a legit stud. <clears throat> he could still get there if he's ever able to play 33, 34 minutes per game. But right now, I don't see that path to minutes. So for this season, yes, he's a buy low in the sense that he will outperform his current you know 90-ish rank. Um, but I don't expect him to be a top 50 fantasy player anymore. I just, I, I think we were all, I remember the, the season opener in 20, the 2016, 2017 season, you know, it was the year, it was a sophomore season. Everyone kind of liked what they saw his rookie year. He's stepping into a bigger role. That season opener, he played 38 minutes against, the, against the Mavs. He had 30 points, 16 rebounds, four blocks, two steals and every you know it was like this monster i had him in my dfs lineup i was like hell yeah i'm riding turner all year as long as he's cheap and everyone was so excited but you look at that one performance and i think it's carried his like this love affair for the past couple years cuz he hasn't done that again and i don't know i think he again he's only 22 i just i don't see the path to 35 minutes a game for him right now with Sabonis on that roster. So it worries me. He hasn't shown enough. He doesn't show consistent rebounding. He hasn't shot well enough from downtown. He hasn't done a lot of things we would have expected by now. It's his fourth season. So, yes, I buy him as a you know 70, 70th-ish player moving forward, mm-hmm. but I don't expect a
3: breakout. Right. and um, So maybe it's – uh it might be a better opportunity to buy low on Turner in dynasty formats, uh keeper formats. Yes. That might be yeah. that might be the way to go. And kind of as an aside, like talking about Sabonis, it's looking back, it's hard to believe that the that the Thunder drafted Demonus Sabonis eleventh and then tried to turn him into a stretch four, like immediately. Like looking back on that, considering what we're seeing him do now, All right is
1: Well, that was all about what the Thunder needed and not necessarily what he was good at, right? Like the Thunder were like, we need catch and shoot guys because Westbrook's dominating the ball.
3: But he would have been – Yeah, it's it's understandable. But at the same time, he would have just even been more valuable playing the 12 minutes a game behind Stephen Adams and just doing what we're seeing him do now. Um, Kind of a – it's just a a weird – weird situation because people were just like out on Sabonis during his rookie year. They're like, this guy isn't good. They had no idea.
2: Sticking on the uh, Sabonis theme here, in in under 25 minutes per game, he is averaging 15 points and 10.2 rebounds. Um, His per 36 numbers are 21.7 and 14.9 with 4.7 assists. You know, he doesn't hit threes. He doesn't get you steals and blocks, but his percentages are ridiculous Um, and those points and rebounds and, and good passing numbers for a big man as well, especially
3: considering his limited role. He's, he's, he's a stud fun to watch too. Definitely passes the eye test. Um, Ken, who else do you got for us?
1: Um, uh, well, you know who I don't have for us is another Gordon. I do not have Gordon Hayward on our list. This is discussed in the round table article, uh, up on rotowire that Nick Whalen edited. Um, There are just too many mouths to feed in Boston. I know because of the name value, a lot of people think Gordon Hayward is an awesome buy-low candidate. I, one, don't think Boston's going to push him uh, to uh, be ball dominant and excel. I think they're just happy to slowly let him get his legs back and gel. Um, But there are just too many mouths to feed, too many shooters in Boston. Uh, So I I think we're going to see mediocre stats for Hayward for a while.
3: Yeah, I I think a quick stat to bring up, and this is something I just am discovering right now. I didn't see it beforehand. So, Gordon Hayward has played at least thirty minutes in four games so far this year. In those four games, he's averaging only eight point eight field goal attempts. So yeah. he's he'll play a ton of minutes, but he'll take like right. nine ten shots, and a lot of those are going to be threes. So that's that's fine. But he's not getting to the the line a, a ton. I guess he got to the line average of three times, but that's not a lot either. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's exactly to your point, Ken.
2: Yeah, I mean his usage rate's only like seventeen and a half. Uh, considering that low usage rate, it's it's kind of amazing that he's averaging three point two rebound or three point two assists per game right now. Um, I'm with you, Ken. I, I just don't see it. Uh, I, I will say though, the Celtics have seen have have seemed to be leaning in the direction or at least trying to encourage him based on recent reports to be more aggressive on offense more so we aggressive. might yeah, see
1: Irving yeah had a, a lecture there yes
2: yeah so we might we might see an effort to kind of involve him more um i think he's fine i think his preseason rank um is about what we're gonna actually i don't think he'll he'll ever match his preseason rank um yeah, and he's never so gonna that. be what he was in utah I've, I've said that i feel like i've said that 200 damn times this season he'll <laughs> never be that again you know we knew that even before his injury last year we knew he was never going to be what he was in utah again well uh, three know. of
1: us knew that which is why yes. we are hosts of an amazing podcast <laughs>
2: obviously <laughs> so no i it, could he get back to respectable numbers you know like 14 points Six rebounds, four and a half assists. Yes, and that's good. When you add in threes and steals, some nights, you know, I I think we will see improvements throughout the year. Throughout the year, but I also believe you would have to overpay to buy low on him, so it's not a buy low scenario. Not
1: a buy low, correct?
2: Right. All right. Go ahead. Go
3: ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to hand it to Shannon. So, Shannon, go. uh, Let's talk about a certain point guard. I'm surprised to see on your list.
2: Well, I've got two guys who. Are both, you know, one just came off injury. The other is returning soon. John Collins with the, the Hawks, Um, he's returned, finally returned after an extended absence. He's played about seven games so far and hasn't been that great. You know, definitely not looking like the top 50 player he was drafted as. Um, he's only averaging 14 points, six rebounds, three assists, 0.4 blocks um, is the big one. I think everyone kind of expected him to um, see see a nice jump there. Only playing 25 minutes per game, that will certainly increase. And and that's that's why I, I think he's a great buy low because his minutes are going to go up. You know, even he's averaging 25 minutes per game right now, but you look at the past four games and it's 30, 30, 29, 31. You also look at the Hawks team. And the fact that they don't have, you know, who, who has a green light? Like, who who is going to take high volume of shots on that team? And it's Trey Young and John Collins. It would I would put him at number two. I mean, you could mix in, like, Torian Prince or whoever's hot that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think John Collins is the, num- the clear number two option and their clear number two building block. So I just expect his usage to go way up, his minutes to go up and he'll approach that that preseason rank rank of 4550. So right now he's about 110, 109 based on on his season averages, so go out there and try to get him.
3: He's averaging about four more shots per game per 36 minutes right now, which is encouraging um just for kind of a longer term uh, projection on the year. He's also doubled his assist rate and if that's if that keeps up, that's great. I mean, big men who can who can get assists are always super valuable. He may not be getting as many rebounds as we hope this year because I think he's going to be actually playing a lot of power forward. I think they really like the the Deadman, Alex Len, just stick those guys at center and let Collins try to turn into this um this power forward because he's he's also upping his three point attempts. Um hasn't really hit any yet, but small sample size. Um, but yeah, I mean buying buying low on Collins, especially from a person who um is in a in a situation where they feel like they have to make a move right now in their league. Um I think that could pan out.
1: Yeah, and okay, let other... me sneak one more let me sneak ahead, one more name in before we go to our DraftKings uh, uh advice is I think Jeff Teague, Minnesota. You know he missed six games, he's recently admitted he's only 75% because of that nagging knee injury. But remember this is a guy last year that had 14 points, three boards, seven assists. And importantly, one and a half steals a game last year. And Jimmy Butler's no longer around in Minnesota to hog the ball. So I really like Teague in the second half.
3: I'm with you. Yeah, not a surprise that a Tom Thibodeau player um, <laughs> has sore knees. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> How
1: nice. many of those guys get out of bed in the morning beyond me?
3: Yeah, beyond me. Um, did you have a, something quick you want to say on Dunn before we move on? Yeah,
2: just Chris Dunn is worth checking out. His, his season average rank is really low, low right now because he only played one game. Um, he's returning to contact practices next week, which means he should be back in game action before too long. Now is the last time you have to trade him before he returns from it, or trade for him, uh, before he gets back from injury. So I, I think, I think Chris Dunn's a top 100 player moving forward as soon as he returns. Um, you know. Shooting will be somewhat suspect, but you're going to have decent rebounds for a point guard, good assist numbers, and elite steal numbers.
3: I have to agree. Um, well, as everyone knows, basketball season is here, and we've partnered up with DraftKings here at RotoWire. We're bringing you six month memberships to the RotoWire website for free. You go to RotoWire.com/slash DraftKings. You sign up for a new account, you make a $10 deposit or more, and you'll get six month access to all tools and sports. On Rotowire.com, that includes the DFS lineup optimizers, weekly rankings, premium articles, full season draft software, plus you know everything on the like the the player pages that we have to help you with DFS, all that stuff. Very helpful. Um, you get all that for ten dollars, and then you can enter that into DFS contest to potentially win more money on top of that. So all you oh. got to do, you go to Rotowire.com/slash DraftKings, follow the instructions.
1: Beautiful disclaimer. Eligibility restrictions do apply. New DraftKings users only. See DraftKings.com for details.
3: So we are going to uh, talk about some DFS suggestions. These are going to be some names that you probably heard earlier in the podcast. Uh, right out of the gate, I'm going to suggest Kyrie Irving at 9,300 against Cleveland. I think there's a lot of there's, – there's kind of multiple – I, I guess, narratives to Kyrie having a big game. We talked about uh, Jalen Brown being out earlier and the bump that Kyrie Irving has gotten in his absence. And then also just going, you know, facing facing the old Cleveland team, I think that um, just Kyrie is, is someone who likes to take advantage of that. And just in general, Cleveland's <laughs> like really bad. So Really um, bad. If yeah. this were
1: last year, my fear would be the Celtics would blow him out in the first half and Kyrie wouldn't need to see that many minutes. But the Celtics haven't been blowing anyone out. No. So, uh, yeah, I love it.
3: Um, we do have another Boston guy, uh, Ken.
1: Yes. Well, I already alluded to this earlier, but I, I, I'm big on both Morris's. I'm playing both Morris's and Marcus Morris tonight specifically. Again, No Al Horford. And, you know, we talk about uh, Gordon Hayward being tentative. You know who's not tentative with the Celtics and shooting when he gets to the ball? Marcus Morris. He shoots with zero regrets. Zero. He doesn't care. Efficient, inefficient. I don't care. I'm shooting. So Mar- Morris keeps shooting. He's only 5,400. Uh, I believe his brother is equally cheap. His brother is at 5,500. So uh, there's a two-for-one Shannon's twin dream in your DK lineup tonight.
2: Hmm. Um, my first DK pick is Jonathan Isaac. Uh, this is with the assumption that Aaron Gordon is going to miss tonight's game. Uh, definitely keep uh, tabs on that. Gordon's currently listed as questionable with a back injury. Um, if Gordon sits, Isaac is an elite play in my mind. He he is. Uh, he's only had one game where he started or he, where Gordon sat. And Isaac actually played, but Isaac had over thirty fantasy points uh, on DK that game. Um, I, Isaac's just good, man. He he'll get minutes. Him and Gordon don't don't do well when they're on the court together. But when it's just one of the two, um, I like to target that one. Um, and with Isaac at only forty four hundred and his elite defensive potential to you know go out there and get five combined steals and blocks, I, I love him. Love him as a discount option tonight.
3: Yeah, um, I also kind of like, I mean, if we're talking about the Magic, I, I also like uh, Evan Fournier, even though the one-game sample size, you may not know is Fournier on the chart because he, he didn't have a great game, but the Magic are just really starved for offense. Like They really need Aaron Gordon, even though Aaron Gordon's been, uh, I guess, underperforming rel- relative to what we hoped. Um, and so I, I guess another forward uh, guy I have uh, playing against your Detroit Pistons, Shannon Jabari Parker. At 6700 I was shocked when I saw this price for Jabari. Um, he hasn't put up fewer than 39.5 DraftKings points over the past five games. Not lower than that. And he's at 6700 um, There's going to be some regression, probably. I mean, this is the Jabari we, we hoped we'd see. He's averaging 20 points a game on 50% shooting. He did that two years ago in Milwaukee. I think people forget that. Um, but this, to me, is just you, you almost have to play him here.
2: Yeah, he's doing really good at, at, over this last four or five games. Um, really, like you said, it's it's the Jabari we expected. Um, he played one game against Detroit earlier this year. This was back when he wasn't he wasn't starting. He wasn't getting over thirty minutes. He had twenty three fancy points in twenty three minutes. Um, I expect something similar tonight. So if he plays thirty two minutes, we're going to see thirty to thirty five fancy points um, by default almost. Uh, Detroit's not the best defensive team against opposing bigs. Uh, on on DraftKings, they rank twenty first against uh, forwards, so there it's it's a good option. I also like um, Wendell Carter Jr. is down to forty seven hundred because he's had a rough stretch. I like him against Detroit bigs. Really, with him and, and like his fellow rookie Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, it's foul trouble that kind of gets them gets gets them into any kind of problems and, and underperformance. But if he can if Wendell Carter can stay stay out of that foul trouble and actually play twenty eight to thirty two minutes, Detroit's big men do not put up much resistance.
3: Mm-hmm. And uh, you have a you have a chalk play for us, Ken, but I think it makes a lot of sense,
1: yeah. you you can't play Kyrie and this chalk suggestion together, uh, sorry wise, but Boy, Joel Embiid looks awfully delicious at ten thousand eight hundred. Super expensive, but playing Washington in a game with a two hundred and thirty-five over/under. We mentioned Dwight Howard, of course, is out. They're starting second-year man Thomas Bryant. If you know anything about Thomas Bryant's career, you should be working on the NBA beat. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, just they have no uh, Mahinny will probably see some minutes for the Wizards. He's terrible. I don't know why Embiid wouldn't have a 30 and 20 game tonight. Uh, to me, it's just, gosh, do you go Kyrie or do you go Embiid?
2: So <clears throat> with with my thought with tonight's slate, Kyrie and Embiid, they're really expensive. And we we it, they're pretty much a lot to be good. But I like targeting some of these guys who are superstars in their own right, um, could put up 40, 50 fantasy points but are more affordable. Um, we got Luca is sitting at 7,200 or 7,100 and he plays the Lakers. Anyone who plays the Lakers nice. yeah. is a good match. You know, that, that that's a good target. He's averaging almost 36 fantasy points per game. That 7,100 dollar price point is just too attractive for me to pass up. Jimmy Butler is 7400. He's had his ups and downs since joining the Sixers, but he did he had a 63 fantasy point outing um just over the weekend. So there's still that 50-60 point upside even though he's on his new team. Um, and then Vucevic. This is a guy, another guy who we need to give more love to. Um Yeah. Vooch, Vooch has gone out there. He's he's almost like, I mean, he's got four games of 50 or more fantasy points in the past 8. Um, a fifth one that was set over 70 fantasy points, he's out there posting these big lines like a guy like Joel Embiid, um, but he's only 8900 and he goes up against Phoenix. So th- those are three guys who are, if you don't want to spend ten, eleven thousand dollars 11000 on a stud, those are some of the guys I would be targeting.
1: Let you me know? ask you this. As I try to juggle, I keep bouncing back and forth. Sure. Do you prefer Kyrie and Larry Nance Jr. at center? Or would you prefer Frazier Tim Frazier starting for New Orleans and Joel Embiid at center. Which of those two pairs?
2: I prefer a spork in the eye over Tim Frazier.
3: (laughs) 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 Um, That is a, that's a tough call. I think I'll go. I think I'll go Kyrie, Larry Nance. Uh, Larry Nance is 37 minutes per game over the past two games. Uh, We know he has, he has assist upside um, I just yeah, I Frazier had a great game last time out. It was a revenge game against former team in Washington. Um, Do depending on you know. re-
1: revenge games, are you allowed to have revenge games if you're a scrub like Tim Frazier? Oh,
3: yeah, definitely. I mean, I think everyone, <laughs> yeah, you're you can be petty, and be NBA, yeah. yeah, play eight minutes a game. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I would prefer, I think I'd prefer Ky, Kyrie, Larry, Nance.
2: I, I'm with you, I like the Kyrie, Nance pairing better. I just don't believe that we're going to see a repeat performance from Tim Frazier. I he started two games earlier this year and averaged eight points, one and a half rebounds, and three assists per game in those two outings. I just don't think we're going to see him go twelve six and twelve again. He, he hasn't shown enough in the past. He's he's horrible. Any metric you look at shows how horrible he is. Um, there there are stretches. I, I'm I'm I mean, there's no way to be polite about it, but that's why he's basically. You know, when they, he was basically forgotten about. He played so horrible when they first, when Alfred Payton first started sitting, they plugged him in there, gave him some minutes. He played so bad that he ended up being a DMP for five, five, six straight games uh, before Frank Jackson got injured. So now they have to play him, but I don't see them, I don't see him having another performance like he did in the the most recent game.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's fair to bring up. Ken, you have one last guy uh, for us to discuss quickly in Miami.
1: Uh, Well, this is, again, if you're looking for cheap plays, Rodney McGruder getting a lot of starts for the Heat. He's 4,800 against uh, New Orleans. He's starting. He's cheap. He's averaged. Oh, and he's got a four-point differential of DK points at home versus on the road. So he's averaging 27.5 at home. They are at home against New Orleans. And Tyler Johnson and Goran Dragic are both out. So Magruder can be a nice cheap play.
3: Yeah. Yep. And we are at the point in the season where home road splits, I think, start to to hold some more weight. Start to mean something, yes, sir. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, and he's I mean, he's he's one of those guys like similar to Josh Richardson where it's like, you know, he can get you five rebounds, five assists, a few steals here and there, he'll hit some threes. There's a lot of ways. There are a lot of ways for him to get to twenty seven and a half fantasy points or whatever you're hoping to get out of him in New Orleans. Fast paced team the heater going to be paced up uh so that that also plays a factor as well uh ken something is is driving you crazy and it seems like you want to get it off your chest
1: yes it's time for the old man rant nothing drives me crazier than folks who do not reply to fantasy trade offers get off your lazy duffs and reply even a simple go f yourself is appreciated Counter offer. Talk smack. Participate. Don't join leagues if you have no intention of communicating. Heck, the only reason I'm in some leagues is to stay in touch with some old friends. I know every league has some jerk sending out ridiculous one sided -sided offers. Counter with similarly ridiculous offers or better yet, unleash a tirade of profanity for the whole league to see. I love those. Use some awkward words like moist or taint, but reply, people.
2: Ah. (sighs) Um, Thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, I usually reply to you as quickly as possible, Ken, and it's it's usually just an LOL or or something along those lines. (laughs) It's
3: something.
1: Uh, It's something. It's a communication. The doors are open
2: the worst the worst is when it's keeper leagues and you've got you've got these three or four owners near the bottom of the league mm-hmm. who have zero chance at doing anything this you know this current season yeah. they have to rebuild um even worse is when it's their first year in the league <laughs> and, and the, this this, this is actually targeted. isn't about you, Alex okay this is about one of Surprising. the other owners. Even worse is when it's their first year in the league and they're obviously not doing anything this year. The only move Hello, they have is Newman. to rebuild and they Hello, don't respond Newman. to anything. <laughs> just Hello, Newman. We see you. We see you, Newman. Newman. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we do... <Nothing>. Uh, <laughs> no responses from Newman. It's
1: utterly unacceptable.
3: <laughs> we do want to talk some... Uh, some keeper League, some NFBKC Quickly here. Um, Alex,
1: you made a trade.
3: I did uh, you make a trade
1: in our keeper league. Please do tell. You dealt Jonathan Isaac for Miles Bridges of
3: Charlotte. I uh, did. Please explain. It was it was largely due to contract. Uh, Jonathan Isaac was on a three B in our league, so I would have had to make a decision this offseason as to whether I wanted to keep him at that same price for next year, which I. I'm still convinced that Jonathan Isaac, like we know his upside, we understand that, but in my opinion, he's still a project, and it's kind of an issue that he doesn't play well with Aaron Gordon. I just don't... You're
1: banking on Orlando mismanagement.
3: But to some extent, yeah, and that Miles and yeah. that Jonathan Isaac is a, is a project that might take more than next year, but this might be a three-year thing, and I didn't feel comfortable making a decision on whether I wanted to keep him at the same price for next year or extend him for multiple years, and I don't have the confidence to extend him for like three, four years. Um and so I'm I'm I have very strong belief in Miles Bridges as a player. I think the only reason that he's not getting more minutes than he is is because they're the Hornets are trying desperately to make the playoffs and they feel some sort of obligation to play Michael Kidd Gilchrist and Marvin Williams. And I think that as soon as those guys are out of the picture, Bridges would be up to 30 minutes a game because he is a legit NBA player right now. Yes, um, he's, I mean. I I understand his stats are low. He's only taking 6 shots per game, but he's shooting 50% from the field. He's shooting 33% from 3, which isn't incredible. But we saw him do work in summer league. We've seen him dunk on people. It's just I I think he and he was on a 3A contract. I should bring that up. So I don't have to make a decision on him keeper-wise for another essentially 2 years, um year and a half, what, whatever. Um, but it was, that's, that's why I made the move. Yeah. I like bridges a lot. I watched a lot of, I watch a lot of Michigan and Michigan
2: state basketball. So I've seen a lot of bridges. Um, I think he's going to be really good. I, I would say Isaac, I, I believe has a higher fantasy ceiling. Sure. Um, both of them, I think it's going to take a couple of years for them to reach their ceilings. Um, bridges, I, my NBA comp for bridges right now is actually Aaron Gordon. Um, you know, Uber Athletic um, can will throw down some of the best dunks that you'll see uh, in game, and but he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have that great three point stroke yet. Um, he's got to get better on defense. But I like Bridges a lot. I like Bridges a lot. I like Isaac. I I agree that having more control, like it, it, de- it depends on what your team's path is. Um, but having longer control of bridges is the better play for you and for most fantasy teams. I I, I prefer bridges, but I do believe Isaac has a higher ceiling.
3: Sure, and I yeah, like I, I don't I don't disagree with that. It's just one of those things where it's I'm at the bottom of the league. I I strongly value roster flexibility at this point because I is my first year in the keeper league. I kept too many players at bad contracts. I understand the value of good contracts and and not having to make decisions on certain players. Um, so that's, that's why I made that move. But, uh, Ken is in second place right now. Uh, Shannon is in ninth. I've made trades with both of you. I've essentially traded half my roster to each of you. (laughs) Um,
1: you know why? Because we reply to trade offers.
3: (laughs) This is true. Um, the
1: first first requirement to making trades.
3: And uh, yeah, and and uh, I traded, I guess Stephen Adams, use of Nurkic, some other deals. There's an Aaron Gordon deal involved, um, but second place, which is where Ken is sitting, is a nice two hundred and fifty dollars. Um, I'm going to take last and pay a fifty dollar fine on top of the league fee. Very okay with that because I'm winning the league next year and for the rest of the rest of the time moving forward. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, uh, but no, this is uh, I. I'm interested can to see how this pans out for you because i know james is very strongly in first place has a great roster but you're you're creeping up on him
1: he's got a dominant squad uh my decision to make a run totally based on where my team was uh and not so much looking at the competition but uh yeah second place is still a decent prize uh so I, i i feel like i got a very quality shot at that and i still have some future assets i'm not terrible uh so i haven't completely sold out here but yeah i kind of need an injury i need like a joel Embiid to go down not that i ever want to root for injuries but i'm gonna need some injuries to probably catch james
3: how are you feeling about your ninth place team shannon i
2: don't feel horrible about it um i like most of my team i've i've got chris dunn and kevin love both injured oh, okay. so when when those two return, I'll be feeling a lot better. I also like Ken still have some assets to trade, and I plan on getting like one or two players who will probably be the best two players on my team um, by moving those assets. So well, I, you're I feel pretty move good. Up,
1: right, you got to love at the end of no, his contract. No, he's expi- he's
2: expiring. I, I can't move love. He, he's he's not worth anything to anyone but me. Um, but I, I have other assets, younger players. um... Who I will I will move for some superstars. So
1: Are you we'll saying see. because James is because James is winning by so much, no one's gonna deal you for a half a season of love when he returns?
2: Dude, I'm playing for this year. You're a clown. <laughs> All right? It doesn't matter that I'm in ninth place right now. My team's better than yours. You're garbage, Uh-oh. fake second place uh, team. What's our and
1: wager? What's our my, wager?
2: My third-born child soul
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that are has you, no value to me
3: are you saying that ken is the los angeles clippers of this of this <laughs> league?
2: i'm absolutely saying that now ken's got a solid team james's got a solid team but i think the league's winnable and i think i can make a couple moves and once make those moves and, and have my injured players return i believe i will be fine I will, right, here, I will be amazed. I will be amazed if I don't finish in at least third place in this league.
1: All right, we're we're betting lunch next time in Madison. Lunch.
3: That's okay. uh, <laughs> you sure you guys can afford that?
1: <laughs> um, oh, it'll be expensive lunch. I'll be drinking a great life. amount.
3: I'll be. <laughs> it's a liquid lunch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did did uh, Shannon say yes? By the way, did he get a nod here? Yes. Can I officially get okay lunch? We'll. It, we'll. I'll discuss terms via email.
3: In another league, can you picked up the wrong Hernan Gomez?
1: This is a public service announcement for others not to make my mistake. Was all ex- <laughs> totally excited at NFBKC because I thought Juan Hernan Gomez was available on the waiver wire. Yeah, I was wrong. That was Willie. Didn't learn until I picked him up. You know. Uh, hopefully Zeller gets hurt, but uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> The public Hopefully. service so Don't be as stupid as I am and pick the wrong Hernan Gomez.
3: Uh, it can happen if you're if you're if you're doing some quick clicks, uh, trying to get things to happen fast. Um, I used
1: to own Hernan Gomez in another league, so I should have known this. You know, with Morris, it's a common name. You expect a lot sure. of Morrises. You don't expect a lot of Hernan Gomez's. And yet, yeah, dumb error, just a stupid error.
3: Not a common NBA name. <sighs> okay. But. Uh, I'm I, still I ahead guess.
1: of Shannon. Can I point out? I'm still ahead of Shannon, but well behind you, Alex and NFBKC. <laughs> you can, uh,
3: you, you can point that out. Um,
1: I think you, it's you and DJ and then our editor, Nick Whalen, then me, then
3: Shannon. It's, uh, it's, it's a tough, it's a competitive love, league. It's a tough league.
2: I, I have this weird thing going on this, this season where like my three top leagues, the three that I give a crap about, mm. I am not doing well in any of those three. <laughs> that's a problem. But, <laughs> but like four of my other five, I'm We're doing dumb, awesome. Sure, yeah, care. like I, yeah, I'm doing apathy. awesome.
1: You need uh, you need some apathy. Maybe that's the key to your success.
3: Yeah, <sighs> it's so bad. Caution to the wind. Um, even though you, you know, picked you up. Remember,
1: the... Alex. Remember, his keeper league team is so awesome. He's playing for this year.
3: It is. it's a sneaky ninth? He's like the Utah Jazz. Like it's gonna. <laughs> this will happen. You guys are going to flip spots by the time the year is over. Can um, we call?
1: I say we refer to Shannon as Newman throughout the next pod. If he's still in ninth uh, a week from now,
3: we can do that. We'll we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see if that happens. He'll stop responding to trade offers. <laughs> uh, start working the six to midnight shift. Um, <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. Um, even though Ken you miss you picked up the wrong Hernan Gomez in NFBkc I don't think you mispronounced see, any names
2: he doesn't even know I... what he's doing all right <laughs> there's no way I finished below him He doesn't even know who these players are I
1: can't Sh- Shannon I can't hear you you're too low in the standings where are you I can't see you
2: unless they played for the Washington bullets in the 80s he doesn't even know who they are. <laughs>
1: I did mispronounce that muscle in Dwight Howard's body, and I'm not going to say it again because I'll mispronounce it again. But uh, I I'm not—I never pretended to have any medical expertise. Well, there's
3: there's gluteal and there's piriformis. I've just typed those words out f- way too often lately, um, <laughs> writing notes nice for word oh,
1: oh, though. I am. Oh, thank you. Nice. You just you just rattled those two out there like uh like you were a med- like you were a doctor.
3: <laughs> um. So I think I think the not having a podcast over Thanksgiving has really brought this thing off the rails. We're just kind of <laughs> out of control. Um, Doug is that is actually going to do it for us, though, uh, on the RotoWire Warrior Fantasy Basketball podcast. Sponsored as always by DraftKings. Uh, Ken, you have a quote for us. Take us out of here.
1: Yeah, you may I probably have noticed on ESPN and TNT. They're working together to raise money for the Jimmy V Foundation. Uh, as well as paying tribute to NBA reporter and Northwestern alum, Craig Sager who passed away roughly two years ago. So uh, let's close with a quote from Craig Sager, who said, if you're running around with a negative attitude all the time, you're going to feel down. You're going to have negative results, but if you feel like you're going to make it through and you have positive thoughts, you have a much better chance to survive and be successful and happy. Thank you, Craig. Attention Passengers. This three car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line.